listeners, welcome to the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and Kyle Gregg. Hi guys, so we've had another good week of training, um, we've had a load of races to talk about and we've had some great feedback about Fraser Klein's interview last week, so thanks very much for getting back in touch with us on that. Um, so yeah, so we're going to have a chat this week about our week, lots of results with some Scottish runners across races in the, in the Britain and um, we've also got an interview with local physio James Cruikshank who's a, a friend of ours and a real expert on everything injury prevention and marathon training having recently done Sterling so so that'll be interesting. Sounds epic what a show you've got today listeners. Okay uh, so Tom how was your week how was your training last week? So my training last week was good I'm, I'm gonna do you know what? I'm gonna go right to the right to the end and the question on all the listeners' lips was, no, I wasn't beaten by my wife yesterday at the Baker Hughes 10K. I've had, <laughs> since that race finished yesterday, all I've had is, your wife wasn't far behind you. And it's gone from being quite funny to quite annoying. So that's what happened yesterday. My week ended with the Baker Hughes 10K, which we'll talk about later on. But as a general, as a training week, it was fine. Tom, just, just to button. You are faster though. That that's the bottom line. Your 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 half marathon time is much quicker than your wife's. Your Kyle, marathon time is much quicker than your wife's. Don't don't let these other other listeners get you down. Quite you're right. still the fastest Brian out there, all right? Quite right, Kyle. Thanks. I think you're, you're faster than your dad as well, aren't you? <laughs> I am faster than my dad. Yeah. yeah. Who'd listen to the show? Right. So shout out to shout out to dad. But yeah. Thank you for that support, Kyle. That means a lot after what's been a really tough day. A tough day of uh, facing with critics. Keep your head up, okay? Thanks, mate. Thanks. So, my week. Very quickly, Monday, easy day, easy run, uh, which was good. Legs are really starting to come back together after um, after London Marathon, which is good. Strength and conditioning on Monday night, uh, which I'm going back into, so I had some pretty sore, sore core in a couple of days after that, but it's coming back. Tuesday I went for a session, so I went for 5 by 5 minutes at 10k pace. I was trying to run about 5.25 pace. That was roughly what I managed, uh, but it was good to stretch the legs ahead of Baker. Then on Wednesday I went for a trail run from Bankery to Potarch with a little bit of folk from Metro, which was cool. We had a nice easy run, good to catch up with some of the club mates. On Thursday I went for an easy run with some strides. Um, Baker Hughes, sorry, on the weekend, so I did the usual pre-race of having the Friday off and the day before that an easy run with strides. And you know, my legs felt so much better for getting some just six by you know 15, 20 seconds, really turning the legs over, and that was a really good to loosen off. So finished the week well with that. Another easy run Saturday, having had that day off on Friday, and then I went into Baker and ran a 34.50, which I was reasonably pleased about I went into the race with with one goal which was to to be honest was to be first home from the club which I was and obviously that meant beating Fiona which I did so so it was all around and she well we touched on late race recently but she had a win which was good so yeah it was all all in it was a a very good week back to 42 miles for last week so I'm starting to starting to get back up again yeah so yeah all good how about you brilliant well, that's that's quite good. Just a question on in your run up, your build up to the Baker Hughes, and obviously you you know you've come come off a fairly um, 
epic build-up to the London Marathon. Okay, things didn't go to plan, um, but this is one of your A races, one of your, I would say, B races. Would that be would that be right, Tom? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, Baker Hughes, we mentioned last week, it's it's you know one of the biggest races in Aberdeen. Obviously, we have the great run now in, in August, but Aberdeen 10K, Baker Hughes 10K, BHG 10K, as it's now known, has been running for a long time, and as club captain, I think it's good to get out and yeah. race. So it was always a race I was going to do, never the most important race, but I was glad to come away with a, a decent run. Um, and yeah, it's a good it's a good starting point I think for the summer now. Maybe picking a a 10k or 5k a race actually in July, which I'm now entered the Inverness 5k. Ah, oh, yeah, you did mention that one. That's yeah. going to be quite a fast one. Um, it's it around the the Millennium, not the Millennium Building, the Millennium College, Millennium. Oh God, what's it called? The UHI, University Aye. of Highlands and Islands, Islands, Islands yeah. College. So actually, it was it was Kenny Wilson who put us onto that. I think he, uh, you and Debbie actually might mention to Fee as well. So it's it's a race now in July, which I'm going to shoot for. So I'll probably try and tune a lot of my training towards five and ten k for that in in July before I start um, building up. And I've actually entered the Frankfurt Marathon last night. So uh, we kept that quiet. Yeah. Oh, so so breaking news, listeners. I'm running the Frankfurt Marathon, as is further breaking news, my wife. So. 28th of October, we're going to go and run that. Wow, that's exciting news, that. What about, um, okay, so you've kind of got your season all planned out now. That's awesome. Pretty much, yeah. So You've got the, five, you've got the 5K. Mm-hmm. So what about, you were going to go and do a 10K. What 10K are we going to do? So at the moment, I'm looking at, there's a 10K in July in Manchester. Sophie's, my feeling, my wife, her parents live in, in uh, Northwich, just outside Manchester, so there, there's a 10k there. It's called the Run Fast We Love Manchester 10k, which um, which it looks to be a reasonable race, and it's it fits in with the timings well. So I'll probably do that. I'm not sure about Fiona, but I'm going to do that. So that'll be a 5k and a 10k in July, which I'm going to try and uh, try and run well. Any particular time? Do I keep that close to your uh, chest? You know, the 5K, I really don't know because it's a time, you know, my PB at the moment sits at 16.48 on the road and 16.26 on the track. So I guess low 16s is probably what I'm looking for. I don't know, dare I say, maybe sub 16, but we'll see. And then for the 10K, I went under 34 minutes at Leeds last year. So I think, you know, some something low, I need to crystallise over the next few weeks, but maybe a 33.20, something like that would be... Uh, yeah. We'll, see, we'll see how the legs, uh, the uh, the sort of faster training goes. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, a lot of a lot of runners tend to, after they've done the marathon build up, they've, they've take you know they've had the rest after the marathon, um, regardless of how well their their race goes. I think they say about five to six weeks, and you know if you you get a couple of weeks of rest, you get some good training in for the faster stuff, can be kind of a PB shape for the shorter distance. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying that's for you, you know, that that would be you, but we're coming to that time now that there's quite a lot of, um, yeah, quite a lot of the Metro guys and quite a lot of runners who are starting to run really well and get personal bests. Uh, we'll touch on that anyway later on in the show um, about that, but that's promising. Sounds good. So Absolutely. So okay. we'll see how it goes. I think... 
what what's interesting is the is how the sort of the fitness will translate. I think it's something I'm not you know so experienced in is how to how to switch from you know what's you know Fraser talked to you, which was really interesting about the specificity of training, and you'll know better than me. I mean, in marathon build up, it's been very much half marathon and marathon paced work with a you know very occasionally doing something a bit quicker. So now to be going and doing sessions, where I'm trying to work a a wee bit faster is we'll see how that how that goes. I mean, it's uh, anyway, it will be interesting. So yeah, there you go, listeners. That's what I've got lined up for the next uh, six weeks and then actually into October. So stay tuned to hear how that's going. Exciting times. Grand. Indeed. Indeed. So how about you, Kyle? We know you've mentioned to us before, you're obviously your next big race is the, is this uh, World Series Ultra in Austria. That's right. So the Mozart 100 kilometer race, um, it's part of the Ultra Trail World Tour. So it's part of that tour, which... Um, which I did in Tarawira in New Zealand in February time, where I came fifth. Um, so yeah, same same idea, but this time I've got a different set of goals. Um, I've got a couple of ultra races under my belt now, um, so I'm hoping to hopefully get a podium position. Again, it just dictates on conditions and who else is running, but I think I think it's a, a fairly realistic goal is to to try and podium at one of these races. Um, the the kind of difficult thing I've realised is I googled I googled the weather in Salzburg last week and predicted weather forecast for for four weeks. Um, the day of the race was meant to be 27 degrees Celsius. Wow! Now that's quite that's quite warm. So I, I got a bit of a, I had a bit of a panic to be honest. Um, I did mention in last week that I started doing some heat training at Aberdeen Sports Village in the sauna. Uh, so I've been starting to build that up, you know, 15, 20 minutes, two or three times a week. So the same applies last week. Uh, this week, I'll hopefully do the same. Um, but I also went out for a long run on Saturday, which I'll touch on. But I'll start, I'll go back to Monday of that week, of last week. Monday and Tuesday typically was just some easy running. Um, I just did. Usually in the Monday, I, I tend to have that as my like kind of recovery day rather than my complete rest day. And then on Tuesday, I built the distance up a little bit more. Um, Debbie was doing a session, so I was doing a little bit of um, cheerleading at Danecht Estate. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday was my main session. And that was, a, again, in the morning, it was a fasted run, which was a 10-mile fasted run, uh, just under six-minute miles at 6 a.m., which was an absolute ball buster. Uh, I hate running at that time. I just, but I can't run fast. Even even if I, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. So it was yeah, just under ten minute, just under uh, an hour of of running for ten miles, uh, and then straight after that, although I'm not allowed to eat, I'm I'm not allowed to eat carbs. I'm allowed to kind of eat protein, replenish the calories that I've lost via protein and fat. So I just had like nuts and. Uh, class of rice cakes and eggs and all that kind of stuff but also made sure that i was um drinking enough water for, throughout the day and then later on in the day after i finished work um i went on to do a five by one mile trail run and i felt amazing one of the one of the best sessions i've had in a long time in terms of relative speed uh, it was i started off i think my average was five in the up and the up parts of the up 
sections of the trail. Uh, I was 5.28, 5.30 per mile, and then in the down sections, I was 5.18, 5.05, and 5.03 per mile, which, um, okay, it, it's maybe not, again, I didn't analyse that data until afterwards, like we were chatting about with Fraser, um, but it was good to compare afterwards and see that um, I was kind of almost um, progressing and dropping the times down. So I felt really good, felt my legs felt light, everything just felt really, really good. And then the Thursday came a lot of that, well, straight after that session, I can eat all the foods, carbs, you name it. It's like, it's like uh, Oliver Twist getting food, you know, and you know, he's got the, the huge, anything you can eat. So that was what it was like, it was great. So just to, yeah. just to, just to clarify then, Kyle, for me and the listeners. So the 10 mile run in the morning, completely fasted, then you have just you eat non carbs the rest of the day, and then in the later on the day, then you're doing your session on that. That's right. Wow, that's impressive. Ah, it's it's quite tough on your body, but you know it's not going to last long. It's only for a few few hours, you know. There's some people out there who who don't eat that eat that many carbs anyway. Um, you know, there's a lot of these ultra runners, these vegan runners, you name it. There's weird and wonderful ways of um you know, of training your body to burn just, you know, to rely on your fat stores when you're doing a lot of, when you're doing ultra training or marathon running. Personally, um, I like carbs too much to give them up, but oh, hey, what, what can you do? You can, you, there's other ways and means of, of trying to utilize your fat stores whilst you're running more. And that's one of the, one of the methods and one of the strategies I use. So yeah, going on to Thursday, Thursday I felt horrendous. I, I, I just, I had, quite a lot going on at work um, and I just wanted a complete rest to be honest um, I was looking at my training and I, okay I did the Highland Fling and I had a week off a couple of weeks ago but I just wanted a, just wanted a day off so I made myself have a day off and I felt so much better for the following day so sometimes you just need to just you know have a day off and listen to your body and that's what I did uh, so on the Friday I, I got a couple of good sessions in a couple of good double runs just easy um, ready for my big run on Saturday, which was uh, it was meant to be a 30 mile um, kind of steady run in the hills around Benahee. I only managed to do 29 miles. I got to the 29th mile and I was right at the I was right outside my house, and I could hear the I could hear the tap dripping. <laughs> I had to go in and get some water, and and I locked the door. And I threw away the key, and I couldn't get out for my last mile. So that was it. Um, we'll let you what, off. We'll let you off for that. That's a 29 miles is a big run. I, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't just an easy 30 miles. It was. It was. It, you know, it was kind of. I did have. I had some few. I had a bref, breakfast. This wasn't a fasted run, but um, actually, I, I, to be honest, it was a few a few issues I had in that run. To be honest, it was quite a warm day. Um, I think it was hitting 20-ish, even in the morning. Benny, he's quite exposed as well. Uh, so I ended up, I only took 300 mils of water, and the burns were dried up. I found one burn, but I put my put my soft bottle into it, my soft water flask, and it was just full of algae, and it was all green and dirty, and, and I was like, well, I've got nothing else to drink, so I just nicked it and it tasted like frogs it was disgusting so yeah lesson learned make sure you hydrate 
certainly before I never hydrated enough before and it, it felt I felt I felt in the last few miles I was really struggling to um just I knew that I was really dehydrated and my heart rate was going up and I was starting to slow down so it was a real good lesson learned because in Salzburg and in, in a couple of weeks time it's going to be roasting so I'm gonna have to really make sure that I get my hydration right make sure that I'm feeling right feeling's not that much an issue for me um I eat enough shite. I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes episodes ago. I eat enough shite in, in my diet that I can I can hold on to a lot of sugar and work well with that fuel. Uh, I'm gonna highlight so, yeah. to the list I'm gonna highlight to the listeners now that we're on a Skype call here. This is how we're recording it, and Kyle's sitting there supping a beer. Good lad. Caledonian Jukers IPA. Top That top was a, that, that was my reward for um, my my uh, weekend exploits. So yeah, and the following day, sorry, I'm boring the shite out of everyone. I re- apologise, I just ramble on. Tom, just tell me, sharp. Well, what I, will say, what I will say about your run is, mate, I've got it open here, and it's really impressive. So 4,000 feet of climbing on that route. So the route you've done, is that, have you deliberately done a route like that around Benahee? You know, it's a, it's a undulating run, to say the least. Is that part of the prep for Salzburg? Yeah, just trying to replicate the conditions, really, um, replicate the hill climbs. Uh, I was actually meant to meet Rob Sinclair in Benahy, but uh, I ended up, I couldn't find him. By the time I got to Benahy, it was time to turn around. So he's probably wandering around looking for me, and I was wandering around looking for him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we ended up missing each other. I think I might have, I think I actually waved from the other hill, and I'm sure I've seen him popping up popping up the river tap. But hey-ho, can you do but yeah, on the on the Sunday, we went to myself and Debbie. We went to Morven, um, one of the. It's not quite a Monroe, um, but it's quite a, a big hill just just outside uh, a Boyne. So we went there and did like a kind of a, a run, very slow run, um, kind of walk. That was probably more of a run than jog, really. Ten minute miles. About 15-minute miles on the way up and, I don't know, about 12, nine-minute miles on the way down. I tell you what, though, it was windy. It was so windy up there. My cheeks were were going like this and, oh, it was horrendous. It was, it was like being in a roller coaster. Um, one lesson learned, though, was never pee in the direction that the wind is coming from. I cannot believe at 30, what are you, 31? 32? 32. 32 years old, you only learned that lesson now. Yeah, so that was that was an accident. So Debbie didn't really want to... Well, she ended up, she, she ended up going for a swim in the, late, the loch afterwards. I thought you were going to say she was peeing in the right direction to the wind. Well, no, no, she, she kept it in. She <laughs> she must have peed in the loch after a wetsuit swim or triathlon training. But Yeah, that, so that was a really good week. Um, I think that's the end of the show now, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Thanks for that, Kyle. See you next week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So, where were we, Tom? So that's our week. So a good, a good solid week of training for you. A uh, solid week for me with a race. So yeah, we're both on it. Yeah, really good. Really yeah, good. things are looking up. Um, what's your kind of what's your training plans this week? Are you looking to bump the mileage up now? Or? Absolutely. So. I would have last week, but for Baker. So this week I'm going to try and get maybe two sessions and a long run in. So get up to maybe 60 miles this week. Really start to get back into the groove. 
I've got a session yeah. tomorrow, so it's Monday today as we speak, so I've got a session Tuesday with a few of the, the guys I train with Lon for London for, so that should be decent. And um, yeah, then on the weekend I'd like to get a longer run in, maybe get up to 14 miles again, just to just to start to get some endurance in. I was thinking actually with these five 10Ks coming up, I was thinking, do you know what, what do I respond well to? What, what, what training works for me? And I look back and I think about Inverness when I ran 112 was probably my best run of the year. And I think what was I doing? Yeah. What what you know what sharpened me up for that? And looking back and I'm I'm, a good, I'm starting to get a good handle. And I think the sort of go-to sessions for me. Okay, I'm going to try and push some a bit shorter, sharper runs as well. But I think I'll I'll be trying to you know get back into what I was doing before, which was some um, some fart like training, some long runs with some harder miles in the long runs, which I think I really yeah. respond well to. So so yeah, a bit of a bigger week and. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll hopefully hopefully start to the legs shake off again, which they are. They are feeling good again now. So it's all and, good. Uh, do you think that was is that you know the, you say the training sessions you're doing? Do you think that's mainly a mix of also running with a group of people as well? Because there was quite a few years who were you know you were all training together and they the goals are relatively the same. Um, mm -hmm. You know your Ben Wards run beer your your Sam Milton's, your your Chris Richardson's. Um, do you think it was a lot of that was to do with running together, or I think do you so. Think, or do you think it was mainly. I think, I think so. I think we're all we're a group. We're all close enough together. You know, if I'm on it, I went into taking Vanessa for example. I went into that with a PB of seventy four thirty, looking to run sub seventy, say mid seventy threes. But I'm running. Sam was there. Sam's, uh, you know, Sam's a strong boy, running really well at that time, and you know, I let, I let him go. And then in the second half, as he comes back towards me, you, you know, you're obviously you're inspired by seeing your friends and your training partners go well. And I'm thinking the second half, do you know what? If I can, if he's, I can hold this with him, you know, and and yeah. and uh, you know, so finish sort of 10, 20 seconds behind him. So that's there's a definite benefit there of seeing your mates push the boundaries a bit. And you know who are at the same fitness level as you, and then you think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And we've talked about him before. He's in a, he's become a real hero of the show, Tom Roach. You know, Tom Roach yeah. is an you know I I don't think Tom probably realizes what a, an inspiration he's been to me in the sense. So I ran against Tom last year at Fraserburgh, and we were I think about a minute apart. Um, I was a little bit quicker than him on that day, and then that was a half marathon. So when in it, he ran at Lossy this year, and he's a local guy, and he ran. 73.50 and I thought do you know what if Tom can run that I can run that and okay I had no idea what training was doing but just you know it shows people who are running similar times and uh, and now Tom's absolutely smashed the marathon 2.33 and you know Frankfurt will, will see what my target's going to be but already I'm putting it out there I'm, I want to go and run sub 2.35 yes so, you know exclusive from Tom Bryan so that, you know you see you see friends and training partners and guys you run against locally run well and yeah of course it inspires you and you want to you want to chase them so uh, we'll see it's easy to say these things and not deliver but that's what i'll be uh that's what i'll be shooting for anyway we've drifted I, again i i think i think you're, you're we're going off on a tangent but hey who cares it's our our show we'll do what we like <laughs> um, um i'm i'm totally on your side uh sometimes you just have to put put out there and you know lay lay a would you could lay your balls in the the track. I don't know if that's a saying. But... Put your balls on the block. Right, something like that. Head on the block. Balls on the block. Head on the block. Yeah, whatever. Um, 
And I'm, I, you know, going going into it, you know, I want to podium at this race in Salzburg. I want to do Chicago Marathon. I want to get as near 220 as I can. Nice. I'd love to get under 220, but I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. It might do, but never say never. See, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when I started running, you know, I used to run 34 minute 10k's a few years back. Uh, I was only running three or four times a week, and my coach. He had a chat with me. This is when I started training with him, and um, or he started coaching me. And he said to me, "I want. I think you're going to run a sub 30 minute 10k." And I almost fell off my seat and goes, "I don't think so. I'm a 34 minute 10k runner. There's no way I'm going to do that." And then fast forward a couple of years, I'm training every day, twice a day. I'm, I've doubled, tripled my mileage. I'm not doing, but over those years, I've can. You're a GB developed- international. Well, yeah, there was that as well from last year. Like, if he said I was going to do all these things, I would have told him. Uh, I would have told him he's delusional, and and he certainly isn't. He's 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 got me to that. He's made me believe that I'm capable of doing those times and um, becoming a Scottish champion as a senior and running for Scotland, running for GB. Uh, you know, coming first at the World Championships. First, God, first at the <laughs> World Championships. <laughs> One day, hey, One hey, day, yeah. the only way is up here, I think we've even got, at my yeah. ripe old age. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like, never believe that, you know, never, never um, feel that you have to be unrealistic. Sometimes you have, you know, I mean, I'm not going to come first at a world championship. There's no, there's no way, there's no way that's going to happen. But yeah, you just have to look at what you're doing and go, can I do more? And if you can, go for it, give it a bash and you never know. You might, you know, I think your, small, your body's an amazing thing. Your body can adapt so well to training, and um, and that's something that I I I regret in a way. You know, when, as I was a, I was a, as I was a student at university, like I was only I was you know I was training three or four times a week, and I was partying hard, and I wasn't partying that hard to be honest. I was a bit of a loser at uni. Um, but yeah, I kind of I regret not training hard during that time when I had the time to train. Um, and, you know, I, potentially those few years that I missed of not training hard, would I be a better runner now or would I have burned out? I don't know, you know. So maybe I've delayed my running life. I, I don't know. Who knows? I think, you, I think you've probably delayed your running life. And to be honest, you've got a pretty solid chunder mile time off that as well. So, oh, you yeah. know, every yeah. cloud... 6.48, guys, beat that. UK <laughs> rules, tenants, tins, pints. None of this crappy American rules of half a, what, 330 milliliter? It's a bottle. It's a bottle. Pan. It's a bottle. Well, what I will say is, Kyle, come on, man, tenants. It's a real ale. It's a pint of real ale. No fizz. Oh, hey, yeah, tenants is the way forward. You need. It's, it's not called the beer mile in Scotland. It's called the chunder mile in Scotland. The idea is to puke. And that's what happened to me, and it was it, it was it was awful. It was absolutely horrendous. The first time I ever did it, I think I did nine minutes or something, and we were drinking tenants. The first mile, in fact, you you down a you down a pint. It was you down a can of tenants. It was at Balgany running track in Aberdeen. You down that can of tenants. I started running. Aberdeen being Aberdeen, it's a bit windy, isn't it? So I was in about third or fourth place. Chandered it up. The wind just hit back into everyone behind me and splattered them all. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the, the most prettiest of, of beer miles to be honest. It's um, a great tactic though. It's like a cartoon, you know, driving through a 
banana skin behind you. Just chunder behind. I mean, take them out. You're there for the win, not the time. Well, yeah, you've got a good point, I suppose. But anyway, what about you? What's your beer mile time? My beer mile time, yeah, we uni, we were. I think I was over seven minutes. Oh yeah, it's not oh, okay. quite. Maybe high sevens. Yeah. We've often talked about organising an Aberdeen-based beer mile. Well, maybe this could be it. This, this could absolutely. be the start of something big. None of this tartan running shorts. Move over. Aberdeen or, Beer Mile Championships. Oh, no, it'd be the tartan running shorts 2018 Beer Mile Championships. We can be that, the headline sponsor. That would be a good idea. Yeah. So, listeners, let us know if you... We are literally just having a conversation between the two of us now. We are supposed to be doing a podcast. Listeners, if you're interested in doing a, tar- a tartan shorts beer mile, let us know, because it's happening. Maybe we, can get a, maybe we can get a local brewery involved. Yeah, that would be great. Right, anyway, on to more serious news. Um, some, of news. Top, some of our top runners have been running, um, our elite runners. Robbie Simpson was doing the Baker Hughes and... Your elite uh, wife as well, Fiona, was also doing the Baker Hughes, which we touched upon. So two big wins at Aberdeen Baker Hughes. Um, Tom, do you want to... You were there, so do you want to... I was there, present correct. So it was, yeah, Aberdeen Baker Hughes, 10k, breezy day. Robbie won by a country mile, so Robbie ran 30.58. Robbie, for those of you who don't know, Commonwealth bronze medalist. Five weeks ago now, I think so. It's that's a you know a solid run from him off the back of that solo in the wind. I think he he'll be he'll be pleased with that. And afterwards, he was he he was pleased with that. Second was Darren Tom from Shettleston who ran um, I think he was thirty. I don't know it was time actually in front of me, but he was thirty three minutes. And Mike Carroll from Perth Roadrunners who is a vet and Mike actually won the race. I think about twenty years ago there was a. There's a there's some article in the paper today. Mike's a former two-time or three-time winner of the race, so really impressive to see him podium. Yeah, he's been on the go for a long time. Yeah, and he was. Uh, the, you know what I would say about Baker this year is the field wasn't that deep. I was no, I was thinking if I'm at a race and I'm standing on the start line, the front line, that means the field's not so deep. So hey, think, you're improving every time. We just had a chat about that. You get well, yeah. yourself on that start front line, all right? Uh, Don't so you anyway, promote yourself, all right? Anyway, so I was seventh, which I was pleased with. Um, I would have legs tied up in the last couple of miles. There was a um, actually this is a bit of a, a sad revelation as men's captain. We Aberdeen AC won the men's team prize by one position. I was overtaken by an Aberdeen AC runner with about twenty meters to go. Oh, so Tom. I know gutted. So Fergus Thompson. I've just Thompson, been bigging up. I've just been bigging up. <laughs> yeah, that is unacceptable. And I, to, to my clubmates, I apologise. So, yeah, uh, so Aberdeen AC had a strong trio running. Um, Metro Aberdeen as well, the strong trio, which is good. On the women's side, so clean sweep on the podium for the Metro ladies who are, we've mentioned Edinburgh University, but I think our own ladies, Metro Aberdeen, are a powerhouse of Scottish women's running as well. So Fiona, uh, my wife, she was 35-11, which she was a bit gutted to be, it was bittersweet. She was delighted with the win. That's her fourth win at Baker. And a little bit disappointed that she was only three seconds off the course record. So she'll have to go back next year and have a stab at that. Claire Bruce was second in a strong run from her. And ladies captain Ginny Barand was, was the third home from third home in the race and third Metro. So fantastic for those girls to to really, really dominate that race. And yeah, that's great. Uh, proud of them. Yeah, it's great to see Ginny back running as well. And 
um, getting in the mix of the medals as well. Some something like the Baker Hughes 10K as well. So well done, excellent. Absolutely, yeah. So so yeah, really good result, a really good day, big turnout from the from Metro Aberdeen. So yeah, good good a good day. Okay, so moving on to the Great Manchester Run, uh, we had a couple of our pals who were there as well, um, Kenny and Jenny. So hashtag they've had a Kenny bit of a tough hashtag Kenny and Jenny. Uh, so they had a, I don't, I think they were happy enough with their result given the conditions weren't ideal. Um, looking at most of the results uh, throughout the race, it was a 10k. Um, Mo Farah won it in 28:30. Which is quite slow, to be honest. Uh, compared to the night of the 10Ks the night before, um, mm. it wasn't the, the greatest of of times. So Kenny, I watched, was, I watched the race, and Mo looked Mo looked like he was he was there to win it. He sat off. I think he said he had tired legs afterwards, but it looked like he sat off the the back of the the other guys he was running against, and really was there. Classic Mo Farah sat in and then went with about 200 meters to go. Nah. Which is, but you should probably talk Jenny and Kenny for listeners who are not aware. Jenny Bannerman, Scott, current Scottish silver medalist over 5K, and Kenny Wilson, Murray Roadrunner, Scotland International as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Jenny was Kenny was just over 31 minutes, and Jenny was 37 minutes dead. Um, so yeah, a couple of tough, tough, tough times. I think they were looking at getting personal best. It is a quick course when it wants to be, but not today. I think it was warm as well. Yeah. Excellent. And moving on to the Highgate Harriers, Night of the 10K. Have, you ever, run, have, you, ever, have you ever run this race, Kyle? Uh, I would, no, I've never done it. I mean, I'm, I'm useless on the track. I'm absolutely useless on the track. Just going on about track running versus road running. So a track 10K and a road 10K. Um, I've never ran fast in a on a track on a you know a 10k track before um i don't know what it is i think it's just too flat there's too many laps i don't know but some i don't know if anyone there's some people out there who run really well on the track um there's other people who just can't you know they need some undulations they need they need a bit of you know they need to be running in flats rather than spikes uh it's yeah it's a strange one what about you have you ever done a 10k before have you ever run this race before i've done a 10,000 on the track years ago and i didn't enjoy it that much i think maybe i'll try again at some stage but the high gate hires night the 10ks if i was quick enough to qualify i would love to run i mean that looks an, an unbelievable event i mean they've got the crowder in student lane three for those who have not seen this they've got a bit they've got a like a uh, a tent over the over the back straight serving with a bar in it serving pints yeah. this is on the track a real party atmosphere like um, there was a there was some BBC coverage of it at the time and when you watch it it just looks unreal just amazing you imagine running in a running track two lanes thick with a basically a wall of people I mean what an atmosphere to run fast times in and the results showed that yeah oh really amazing to see the British guys um so there was three British guys under 28 minutes, which is incredible. Um, Alex Yee, is it Alex Yee, isn't it? Yes. So he's he, he's a triathlete as well, but his talent oh, in right. running is incredible. He he was actually, last year, he was knocked off his bike. Um, he was badly injured. So for him to come back and 
you know, such a short time frame and run under 28 minutes is incredible. Um, he's he's a young guy as well. I think he's only, I think he's only just turned 20. It's uh, incredible. Certainly, so it's such a talent. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what he's going to do in the, you know, in the senior circuit in the next few years. Oh, he could be the next. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Next I'm not going to be right there. He could be the next Mo Farah. He could be the next Callum Hawkins. He's he's got that kind of build, you know, where he could really do some damage. Um, so yeah, there was him, and then there was Andy Vernon, who's been on the go for years. Uh, he's a good good time by him, sub twenty eight, and Chris Thompson as well. So good to see the older boys um, still mixing it with the top top of the Brits as well. And Chris Thompson, the first, I mean, Chris Thompson, he's been he seems to be riddled with injuries the last few years. So it's great to see him really still putting in big times. Yeah, yeah, really really good to see. He's been he's had a good run of form. Um, I think he must be the same age as us, is he? About 30, 34, 35, something like that. Old man. We're not that old, mate. Come on. Nah, we're not. Nah, nah. We're not that yeah, old at all. we're not that old. Four, young I'm, as... only, I'm only four days older than you, so... Um, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, what are we? Yeah, 32, so yeah. Let's not tarnish ourselves with that brush yet. Yeah, you're right enough. Okay, so we've got our Scots. Again, there was uh, a couple of sub-30s. Luke, Luke Caldwell, uh, he was first Scott in 29-18. Luke Trainer was 29-20. Um, I would expect him to be a little bit quicker than that uh, for a 61-minute half marathon guy. Um, he's, I, I would imagine he'd be, he'd be capable of much quicker than that, but maybe he's still got the, the, the half marathon times in his, in his legs. Who knows? But that's not to say it. you can have off days in races. There's nothing wrong with that. And Lachlan Oates, he DNF'd, but I was expecting him to have a solid run. Logan Reese from Fife, he was 29.55 in the B race. And Aberdeen athlete Will McKay uh, had a good race. 30.32, which is, is that what you got, Tom? Is that, that, that is what he ran. I, I don't yeah. actually know if that's a PV for Will. I think, he must, might gone, I think he's gone quicker in the past. And he's got London yeah. in his legs as well, so. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think he's... Um, I think it's quite near his personal best. Uh, I know he's in the Scottish 10K Championships on the track. He's he tends to win in that time. The last couple of years, he's 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 won the title and well, not last year, the, the years before that as well. So that's good. Um, and lastly, picking out another standout result was Tom Martin from HBT. He ran 31:52 in the D race. Um, Tom Martin's actually a hill runner, uh, and I think from what I know, he's he, he's not doing as much hill running as he used to. He's got an issue with his knee, which kind of prevents him from running fast down downhill. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, if you ever listen to that to this show. I doubt it, but hey ho, you never know. Somebody might know. Um, but he's he's I think he's aiming to get a a sub thirty minute. Uh, sorry, a sub. Maybe and he's he's run a sub thirty one before, and he might be able to get a sub thirty minute ten k this year. So, good luck with that, Tom. And biggest standout result for the females in this race was Mary McLennan. Um, she ran thirty three twenty eight, and Mary's from Inverness Harriers. So thirty three twenty eight is incredible, and that gets in the top twenty in Scotland of all time rankings. Wow. So yeah, fantastic result for for Mary. So well done again. That's... Mary's only, Mary's quite young as well. You know, she's only in her 
early twenties or late late teens. So that's that's great. Well done. It's great. It's great to see. I didn't. I'm not actually surprised either. She had a really strong cross country season. She was selected and ran for Great Britain over cross country over the winter. I remember at Leeds last year, she finished not far in front of me, and she was 33.50. So she's that's another PB for over 10k. So yeah, doing really well. Yeah, excellent. And yet Finola Ross as well. She was 33.49. Start was a a good time. Michelle Sanderson, Springburn Harriers 36.44. And yeah, that that rounds up with with the main results at the night of the 10Ks. Mm. Next up, we had the Inter-Counties champion, Hill Running Championships, I should say, this this weekend. That was a Lads Leap Fell race in Croydon. And I think the real the real highlight, I guess, from the north side, I suppose you're obviously a fave with the north results being you know, heavily involved in that, is James Espy, um, who was the top north runner. Yeah, yeah. So James had a great run. Um, he was... Yep, he was the third. What was he? He was, he was the third counter. Third Scott home. Uh, the first Scott home in the race for the seniors was Ewan Brown from Scotland East. Uh, Ross Gone again. He's a you know he's he's from the north, um, but he was he lives down in down in the west, down in the central belt now. So he was running for Scotland West. Uh, he was in tenth place, uh, followed closely uh, home by James Espy. From the north, so well done, James. And Murray Strain, I know Murray's been listening to the show as well. He was uh, he came in in home in twelfth place. So again, Murray's uh, he, he's a certainly he, he calls himself a racing snake. Over he's an orienteer, hill runner. He can run well in five k cross country. You name it, he can he can do it. So a real um, yeah, good result for Murray as well. Maybe maybe slightly disappointing, um, but he's he's got uh, the three peaks race marathon in his legs as well so I'm, I'm sure he, he's not too cut out with the fast stuff at the moment but yeah he's, he's doing really well too he's been on the go for probably as long as I have as well so well done um so yeah the top the top results the top inter-counties result for the seniors was uh, Scotland East in fifth place Yorkshire won it Cumbria was second and Derbyshire were third um, Scotland West were in seventh place, and Scotland North were in tenth place. There was eighteen. In, there was eighteen counties, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. So yeah, well done, guys. Yeah, great. And, yeah, great. So in the female results, we had we only had one um, female from the north, Kirsty Rogan. So she came in home in twenty fourth place. So yeah, well done. Um, again, a really good. It's a really good um, field. I mean, it's. Essentially, the best runners in Britain who are representing their 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 counties. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great result for Kirsty. Uh, Kirsty's recent, you know, she's she's had a kid as well, and she's getting quicker and quicker every. She was not not as quick before she had a kid, and now she's you know she's training uh, well, and um, she's at every race every race she's doing or every training session. I, I keep seeing her, and she's just looking really really quick. So yeah, keep it going, Kirsty. Um, and finally, just yeah, looking at results for the Scotland ladies, the other ones, the top North runner was Georgia Tindley, Scotland East in eighth, and Jill Stephen in tenth place, Scott for Scotland East as well. Uh, yeah, I think Scotland East did pretty well. Where were they? No, they they weren't there. I can't see them. I don't think the other team. Anyway, not sure. I don't, I don't so yeah, that, that's about it really. It's an so impressive any other run. results, 
Well, on the hill running, looking at the results, it's a good run from Ross Gollum, as you say, after that. Uh, obviously, he was in action at the the, uh, the ultramarathon you talked about last week. So, yeah, impressive to see him bounce back. Uh, yeah, yeah. In 10th, 10th place, yeah. No, I think that was all the all the, the races that we were going to talk about this week. Um, obviously, plenty, plenty going on, very much 10K themed. And uh, I think it's, it's a mix, isn't it? You can see guys like Robbie, Kenny... Jenny Bannerman, all who are in, who have had good seasons, maybe not quite delivering the times that we'd expect of them over the over this weekend, be it Baker or Manchester. But like you know, you have you have good races, you have bad races. The conditions weren't there. They're all coming down from, you know, Robbie's case, it's a major championship. Kenny had that run in Lily Belt at the half, as did Fiona, and you know Jenny had her her Scotland 5K title a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sure she's probably. In fact, I saw her dad wrote something on Facebook about how um, who, Charlie Bannerman, shout out, I believe he listens, co- top North coach, who he'd, he'd mentioned that she, you know after a period of some uh, heavy training, she was going to back off a bit, which is really sensible. And it, it comes back down to similar to what you were saying about taking a day off you know, after uh, after some hard work. So yeah, good to see those guys representing and hopefully they'll be back with bigger times soon. Excellent. So yeah, so James, you, James, God, Tom, you were interviewing, uh, again, a, a fan of the show, James Cruikshank, um, a, f- a really good physio in Aberdeen. Um, so, yeah, if you want, if you just want, we'll go over to the interview now. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully um, you enjoy the interview. Okay, listeners, so this afternoon I'm sitting down with James Cruikshank, who's a, a friend of the podcast and physio and local runner. So, hi, James. How are you doing? So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your running background? Yeah, certainly. Um, I was actually working out the other day. It's been 18 years since I ran my first race, and it was actually the Baker Hughes, so it's quite a nice weekend, this weekend coming up. So I ran that when I was about, oh gosh, 16, 17. So um, I remember I was working at a local restaurant, and sounds like a song, but I was working at a local restaurant, and uh, they put in a team as a corporate. So they asked me to run because um, I was playing football and I thought I'd be I'd be fit. So I was like, yeah, yeah, get a bash. So 55 minutes later, I went round the first time and I was like, oh, I've got the bug now. So I was wanting to get another race. And uh, ever since then, I've kind of done a lot of local races, doing Eithen Challenge a few times, doing Baker Hughes a few times. Geary, um, never really been too uh, driven by times until I started going towards uh, the Marathons. So... Back in 2007, I think it was my first marathon, it was New York, and I went around in four hours nine, so I was like, oh, I'll definitely be able to beat four hours, and then I went around Lisbon the year after in four hours 22, mm-hmm. so I kind of lost a lot of, bit of the mojo for the, the marathon distance, and then eight years later, uh, no, sorry, ten years later, we mm-hmm. ran the marathon this year, so it took me ten years it. to get around to my, my third marathon, but... Uh, I did things kind of differently this time around, which is quite good. But you talk about times when you run. I remember you were you were at one stage you were knocking on door forty minutes for a ten k. You were. Yeah, uh, PB's forty ten. Oh. So I was ten seconds away from it, and also been twice below twenty minutes for five k, um, both in the same week. One was at a park run, and one was at a, a metro run, and I've never been below twenty since. So my, my okay. PB now this year has been twenty seventeen. So we're getting back getting to down. closer to it. So hopefully. Fingers crossed. But that's a hell of an improvement anyway from the those times in 2000 and, 
That's 15 years ago when you started. Yeah, well, it, it seems like it was yesterday for some reason, but yeah, a lot of years have passed and I've enjoyed the running. I've dipped in and dipped out and I've probably been running more solid for the last four years. Um, I had to give up football because I had a bad leg injury, so I kind of have to manage that on and off every so often. But yeah, the last four years seems to be, be quite good and no real issues with it, so mm. it's been great. Good. I mean, obviously, Project 345, we'll, we'll talk on, but you're also, when you're not running and not doing various other things, you're a, a physio as well? Yeah, uh, so I work for Spear Physiotherapy, so based out of the Aberdeen Sports Village and also out here at West Hill. And also, I do bits and pieces for the Scottish Institute, which um, support a lot of the Grampian-based athletes. Uh, with that role, um, it allows me to do some travelling with different teams uh, here, there and everywhere been quite lucky with some of the trips that I've been away to so mm-hmm. it's been been great so since changing from NHS to private um, just being exposed to the sporting world has just been fantastic and that's been I think six seven years now and I just uh, haven't looked back but also uh, missed NHS but also a new new mm-hmm. venture as well so it's been good oh, cool so as, as a physio I mean we'll focus on the running side later but as a physio you work with you know club runners amateur guys like me with basic stuff but you also working with the elite guys and I mean swimming curling flag chasing so yeah you know yeah. with these elite guys what what is it you know you're spending a lot of time getting a good insight what do you see there that we that you know you can take from that um I think my, my approach is that everyone's goals kind of like is very very important to them and also to me so regardless of what level they are recreationally elites um, their goals still very very important but when somebody's been training for four years to, to go to Olympics, it's a bit different than somebody training 10 weeks for a, for a Baker Hughes. And, and sometimes the disappointment of not making the Olympics or not making Commonwealth Games or not making a big event is a lot more for them because they've worked so hard for mm-hmm. it. And it means just a little bit more for them. But it's also some of their jobs. So they're actually um, trying to earn a living by doing that. So sometimes when you've got a recreational person in and, and you have to say to them, you've got to take a few weeks off or a few races you might miss. That's sometimes not as bad as saying to, to an athlete that's that's re- requiring uh, money to come in through that event that mm-hmm. they're going to miss something. So they start thinking about where's the money coming from, X, Y, and Z. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the goals are always equally important, but sometimes the repercussions are slightly different, and that's kind of um, what we kind of try and work with. Another thing as well is um, with elite athletes, I've never met people with so much determination and willingness to go that extra distance and I think that's what kind of sets out the elite from well the, the recreational mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of say elite and versus non-elite because I think everyone's eyes they're, they're doing their best but when you look at the even like with Metro you've got the guys that are really at the, the top end of the game just now and their training so specific and whereas myself my training is set up but if I cut a session short kind of know that I'm not going to get the, the total output that mm. I'm going to look at but the, the elite guys they know what they're doing when they're doing it they know their bodies inside out we were over in Arizona and the athletes out there they could tell you the anatomy they could tell you the, the structures they could tell you what it felt like they could they could just name off all the different okay. structures and I think to be elite and to be at that level you kind of need to know your body inside out you need to know how it reacts to training what's a normal response what's an abnormal mm-hmm. response uh, what kind of things can you do to make yourself better? So sleep, nutrition, all these other things that are going on just now, and we might touch on that later on. But being elite kind of means that you take all these things into consideration rather than just focusing on the, the running side of mm-hmm. things itself. And 
we talk a lot about performance behaviours. It's it's making the right choice at the right time and continually doing that over a, a career mm. or over a, a period of time rather than saying, oh, I might just take Friday, Saturday, Sunday off and not do anything then and then expect to be at the same level mm-hmm. on, on the Monday morning again. So it's, performance behaviours make a massive, massive difference with these guys compared to people that are doing it for, for more fun. And it has to be fun for these mm-hmm. guys because they're, they're working hard jobs and they're doing all these other things. So, yeah, it's a nice, nice split. Yeah, I think that's one of the diff- one of the things when you are a full-time, you're working a full-time job, but you're a recreational runner, it's, yeah, it's how do you... Uh, how do you balance that desire that you've got to 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 get better and to succeed, but also a realization that you need to do a job, and you, you know, it's uh, you need to fit yeah. around the rest of your life. And I think as well, I was listening to I think it was your second podcast where you, you talked about the the work uh, training balance, and I think sometimes it's it's awareness of what stresses and strains does your job put on you when you're feeling tired. Is it worthwhile being able to be quite flexible with what session you're going out to do? Um, if you um, need to be away for a weekend with your partner or, or family, it's kind mm-hmm. of thinking, okay, I don't want to jeopardise that, so I'll do a lesser session then and, and fill it back in. It's been the ability mm-hmm. to be flexible. And that's not just with with work. That can be time of the year with the weather. It can be time of the month for female athletes as well. And that's something we have to address as well. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe a taboo subject, but it's definitely a very, very important part mm-hmm. of what we do. So... You work with you know you work with a lot of um, you work with a lot of club runners around here, non-club runners, elite athletes. We know that there's you know you know injury unfortunately is part of the sport, but is there you know from a basic basic mistakes that you're seeing club runners make? Um, that what sort of message you pass to them, and what what observations are you seeing there? No, it's it's an absolutely fantastic question. I think that that with running itself, there is a high level of of injury prevalence and I think that even over the, the years with new gadgets to monitor all the different loads, distances, speeds, um, more up to date people doing personal training, strength training, more research than ever around about running, the injury levels stay much and such the same so we kind of have to think well why is that? Uh, one of the things that we kind of see ourselves is um, it's the ability to manage load so the, the, the person's load versus their capacity and that's a massive, massive thing for, for injury. Um, I'll probably do myself out of a job here, but most of the injuries can be avoided if you know how to manage the, the load going through the body correctly versus the capacity. So what, what load is, is basically what your training volume is, what your training intensity is, uh, what the frequency of your training sessions are, and also the type of training you're doing. And changes in that load can sometimes be um, increasing speed, increasing mileage, uh, changing the terrain um, it can be also changing your footwear um, and also incorporating other activities in and then we'll look at the other side of the seesaw which is uh, capacity which is your personal um, strength of different areas different muscles in the, the body itself uh, the flexibility um, the proprioception the balance of control around about certain joints and all these are parameters that we look into so from our point of view as a physio, we kind of look at, okay, what was the loading error or what was the training error? How can we modify training so that we can keep you training, but also make sure the load's under what is overloading in the first place? And then the second part is, well, how can we fix that by improving your capacity? And that can be setting up your training plan or looking at your strength conditioning mm-hmm. and looking at 
um, your your balance, your proprioception, what terrain are you on? All these different things make a make a huge huge difference. And I think that it's a specific thing, and there's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. But it comes underneath this barrier of load versus capacity. And if if you can work out what your load is versus what your body's ability to accept that load, you'll be on a good chance of, of managing that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you've been out for a hard session, and we briefly spoke just quickly saying that the legs hadn't quite recovered from London, so you, you took an extra time off. That's that's probably what we talk about being that, that upper end of elite or that higher level of behaviour because you haven't went and pushed the body when you thought that it's just not quite right, so you've mm-hmm. changed the session. Whereas somebody that's driven by something else or different motivational factors, they might push a session tonight and then end up being broken mm-hmm. or being damaged or being mm-hmm. overloaded. And we don't like using damage as such because it is just a loading phase. So wherever the overload is, modify it and then try and build it back up again through building the capacity. Okay. I mean, obviously, as a running club, there's a lot of a lot of people training groups. One thing I see is there's a, there is a tendency for people to chase miles, you know, amongst club runners. I think that's a common a common thing in running. You know, people. Oh, Joe Bloggs is doing 80 miles a week. I need to be doing 80 miles a week, and I think that's that's quite an interesting mentality. But you know, to to know where your limit is 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 more important actually. One of the the major things that we see is a lot of people are, are starting to take up marathon training now. And they're basing that on a, a 16 week training plan that they haven't had the what we call running experience mm-hmm. so for example um there is research out there that show you're less likely to be injured through running the longer you run for so for example if you're going for a marathon and um, the people that have had between four and eight years running experience beforehand are less likely to get injured than somebody okay. who's in their first year of running so somebody coming straight out of the blocks saying oh yeah i've, I've just taken up running this year and i want to to run my first marathon it's a great goal. We'll have to set realistic expectations that to set the, the a time goal would sometimes put them at risk of injury rather than just for completion. And then once okay. completion's there, the second marathon is always the one that you can start you can to tailor your, your training towards. And I think that experience of running, your body gets more and more used to being loaded mm-hmm. the longer and longer you run for. Mm-hmm. I know last week, Carl spoke with Fraser Klein and one of his you know takeaway messages for me was it's not about the last 16 weeks, it's about the last two to five years. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've learned in the last year or two as, you know, my times have started to improve that actually, yeah, it's a cumulative effect. So I'm now, you know, not, yeah, I want to improve in the next marathon, but I'm looking a couple of years down the line for those bigger improvements, yeah. which is uh, which And I think the, the improvements you look for are very, very slow over the, the years as well. And if you look back at your, Power of 10 is a great um, resource, but if you look back over your times, you'll see, um, the times over the years slowly drop down and, and, and that comes because you learn more about what your body can accept, what's normal for your body but also the body adapts to what kind of load you put through it mm-hmm. um, you don't see the guys in the gym go straight for the heaviest bar, they build up to it <laughs> and, and it's the same with running, yeah. just because you're running 80 miles a week and I want to, to run as fast as you, it doesn't mean to say I can, I can just go straight into 80 miles a, a week okay. so, yeah I think it's it has to be very very specific to you um, the person you're comparing yourself to might be going through a completely different lifestyle, completely different stresses and strains. Uh, they might be finding a bit of relief from going running, so therefore they increase their mileage. You have to do what's best for yourself in the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Okay. So, okay, well, so we'll move on a bit from the from your the physio side. You're a metro runner, but controversially, you've been keeping a foot in two camps. Yeah. 
one foot in Metro and one in Rebel PT. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get a chance to defend yourself here. A, what is Rebel PT? Yeah. And B, what are you getting out of it? <laughs> Perfect. Good example. Um, so Rebel PT is a, a local group that are based in Aberdeen who do uh, boot camps around about Aberdeen. So they basically do them outdoors through all different types of weather. Um, I first started going, mainly it was links to work. Uh, we started doing a little bit of work with Rebel PT, so I thought I'd go along and try it out and... So I could recommend if I needed to my clients to there, so I could kind of say what was going on. Uh, from there, got kind of hooked. Uh, a lot of bodyweight exercises, a lot of stuff that helped me to improve my running. Mm-hmm. So I started noticing um, exponential changes in my running from doing the boot camp. Um, it also fed in with my diary quite well at the time. Um, so yeah, that was how I started doing it. Um, recently, what I've been able to do is. Uh, be part of a lot more running groups so within Rebel PT itself there's um, a running group on a, a Monday, Tuesday I think that's the only two groups there is but also trying to do trails on a Thursday okay. so it's to try and fit in with diaries but also to try and fit in with the boot camps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Metro was always my first club that I joined <laughs> at, so I do have to say that I always like the, the rep session on a Thursday night from there but again um, it's trying to get that exercise and the strength based stuff as well and I think that I can go out for runs but I can't do the strength stuff myself mm-hmm. it's just for from timing yeah yeah no so I think that's interesting because that's you know I'm speaking to someone who okay a year ago I was only running I'm trying to introduce strength and conditioning now and can I'm going to talk a bit about that uh, some stage in the future but I think that's again you know I see I see guys like yourself doing non-running you know cross training and another and you know there was a uh, Derek Hawkins was talking in Aberdeen last year and he talked a fair bit about that and it's, it's an interesting you know maybe drop a run and introduce that I think can bring some real benefit I think um, one of the benefits of strength training is certainly injury prevention you can't run your miles if you're injured or mm-hmm. the, the quality's not the same if you're carrying a slight niggle the other side of the coin is there's actually literature that came out today um, based on a study by Rich Willie who's he's quite a, a, a guru in the old running side of things who mentioned one of the myths is that you have to go high repetitions and low weight for getting uh, strength gains where there's actually a study showing that you can go a lot heavier and go four sets of four um, at 8% of your 1RM and that can improve your, your speeds by up to 5% in a 5k so 5% is, is quite a noticeable change with that and we okay. might put the, the study into the footnotes yep, just definitely. so people can have a look at that itself and I think strength training is twofold you need to increase the capacity so you can um, have the body strong enough to accept all these loads you're putting through from your running but also um, I think there's a performance gain that can be had there as well and 5% mm-hmm. if the literature's coming out just now showing 5% that's quite a that remarkable a, change yeah, itself yeah. and that's compared to doing the high repetitions of 15-18 so it's it's comparison with strength training versus strength training so okay. yeah it's just came out recently so it's one of these things that we're still looking into to find out there's always like something that goes on there that there's a reason for it but we're, we're, it's quite a, a promising change absolutely so a Nike are branding $300 trainers for 4% this is the way to get 5% well uh, I think it depends on what your level is but you're you're looking at your guys at the top end top end top end 1% means a massive massive difference to, to them mm-hmm. guys but if you're looking at um, myself and like the what we class with the recreational runner um, band 
I could probably make a lot more gains. So we're probably looking at if I was to introduce good trainers, if I was to introduce a strength training program at higher reps, I would probably make a lot more than what the guys at the top would. Mm -hmm. Also, if I probably ran more, I'd probably get better gains as well. So you kind of have to work what find out what mm -hmm. works best for yourself. I mean, you, okay, you, you referred to yourself as a recreational runner. I think that you're being modest in the sense you've you've recently run a marathon. You've had a good time at the marathon. So project three, four, five. Yeah. Tell us about that. What yes, is what certainly. was it and um and yeah, what what inspired it? It's funny because to be honest, um got married in August and uh, we were away in Vietnam, came back and I was like putting a wee bit of weight back on so I need to do something and uh, I kinda thought, right, I want to get really involved in running through my work and I started up a, a gate analysis um like a, a service that we we run at Spear now. Um off the back of that, I was thinking, I'm giving out information that's probably about eight years, nine years old. I want to make sure I'm giving out as good information as possible. So what I thought is, on one of my runs, I was like, right, I'm going to enter a marathon, but I want to make sure if I'm entering a marathon, it's not going to be Lisbon and be a 422. I want to try and go under the, the four-hour mark, and I want to kind of figure out how best to do that. And along that journey, I kind of want to involve as many local people as possible, Um more for northeast than anything else just try and get what what information is out there so the first thing was i need to get the right wheels to go around and so i spoke to um the running shop run for it to to find out what the the fitting process was for shoes uh, lots of great information there so i've got my shoes set up and then i put a wee post up on facebook just asking about what everyone did for their training plans i was inundated by the amount of information that came back was overwhelming. I was like, right, okay, there's some great information out there. There's heaps of people out there that, that know what they're talking about. I need to gleam some information from them. Next thing, I'm doing marathon spotlights. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to get interviews with Fraser Klein, Derek Ray, Robbie Simpson, yourself, your wife, and uh, Kyle was, was involved. It's just next thing I know, I've got all this information. I'm like, it's a bit of pressure to get through five now. So yeah, it was it was really good. But the, the ultimate goal was to get fit, to to run a fast time, but also to get a resource that hopefully stands alongside uh, people's training. They can dip into. They can look at Ali Mailers did that a bit on uh, uh, the brain when doing mm -hmm. run endurance uh, with uh, Liz Kerr, who talked a lot about running uh, during pregnancy and and how she kind of managed uh, her runs. Uh, we've got Derek, who was uh, an Olympian. We've got Robbie, who's away at the Commerce. We've got Kyle, who's GB Trail. Mm -hmm. And the, the big thing that came back was that everyone was given different information and you could take little snippets from each bit and, and you could use it. Some of the best information was, uh, I'm just trying to think back what the, the best bit I took was, was the count to 100. That definitely made a, a massive difference. But also sometimes not listening to the little devil on your shoulder saying, oh, it's okay for you to give up just now. It's listen to the angel saying, give up when the session's finished. And I mm -hmm. think that your brain, when you've been on the go for about a time, can play tricks on you. And I think Ali explained it very, very well and how to kind of keep pushing through for the next mile, only focus on the mile you're in. So, yeah, I took a lot out of three, four, five. And, and if anything, there's been a lot of feedback saying a lot of other people have taken things out of it too, which is great. And, and it's still there for people to, to um, reference if they need to. And, yeah. It was it was fantastic, yeah. I mean, it was a brilliant a brilliant adventure to follow the training. Obviously, I, I follow you in Strava, so I was seeing your training anyway. I'm reading the the marathon spotlights every week or so as they come out, and it's uh, it's yeah, it was a really informative, really informative bit of um, bit of uh, blogging. And you know, I think those of you if you haven't had a look, go to or Google 
Um, James Cruikshank, Project 345. Yeah, project345blog.wordpress.com. And uh, feel free to share, feel free to, to copy and paste, whatever you want to do. It's the, a reference and a resource that's out there for everyone. And I think one of the big things for myself is that marathon runners were coming in to see me. Uh, they were asking my advice and I was asking their advice back and I think that there was so much advice out there it doesn't fit all so one person might say one thing I think yeah it works really well or one thing they'd say I'd be like yeah, it doesn't work for me because of my time constraints any advice that's free take it on board listen to it <laughs> any advice you've got to pay for be very very cautious <laughs> about what you're, yeah. you're spending awesome. on so but I think the, the, the project itself was a success and and you know what it I love doing it and I loved uh, when everyone came back every Thursday there was a new new um, marathon blog out and it was just great having the feedback so yeah it was, it was good I miss it a wee bit <laughs> so project three four project three four five was to run a sub 345 marathon yeah you've gone and smashed that yeah but well, I'll let you talk through the the race itself. Well, you can lead us off with what, how did the race go, a bit of prep and how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think one of the early um, uh, blogs that came back was the advice never to change your goal halfway through. So when I picked 345 out and I'd, I'd branded it as Project 345 and the training was going really well, I was thinking, gosh, this, is, this could actually be a lot quicker than 345, but do I stick to the goal or do I go a bit, a bit less? And I think that it was speaking to yourself, it's like, oh, these people have got a, a personal goal and a, a very vocal goal, but then secretly going for something else. Like, oh, actually, that probably looks what I'm doing as well. So I need to come out and say that I'm going to try and go as fast as I can. And, and I did move the goalpost towards uh, 3.30, and I'm quite glad I got 3.30 because it would, might have been a wee bit more disappointed if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, what was the question again? Sorry. The question was, uh, was, was, how did it go? How did yeah, the race go? So, yeah, the... I often think the marathon itself is a victory honour, a victory lap. It's kind of like the finale for all your training. So if your trainings went well and you've kind of got to the start line kind of relative injury free and you've done all the hard work, you go there and enjoy the experience. It's definitely nervous when there's a bit of pressure on you. And I think um, being in Stirling that day, I knew what I had to do and I kind of had it all sectioned in my head in, in, in 5Ks. I knew which 5K to do and what time. It was more, I wasn't really interested in what the time was at the end. It was more, I need to get through the processes. And that's something that, that we do quite a lot in with work, is think about the process and how you're going to achieve your goal rather than actually the achievement of it at the end. So I knew that if I did my sessions well through the week, if I did my long run well at the weekend, if I recovered well from that and then carried that over a block of, it was 26 weeks in the end. If I knew if I carried that over for the 26 weeks, the marathon itself would be the, the end mm -hmm. of it. And, and on the day itself... Um, a couple of mistakes I made, um, kicking myself for. Everyone told me not to bank time at the start, and when I went through the first 5k, maybe 30 seconds under where I needed to be, I was like, oh god, I can hear people saying that don't bank <laughs> time. And then when I went through the second 5k, another 10 seconds under, I was like, oh, I might have be 40 seconds under, but I'll try and make the next one slow. Unfortunately, uh, the third 10k took me down through two little villages, I think it's Dune and uh, Dunblane, and the sport was great, and I nudged that 4.30 kilometre, and I was like, oh, that's going to hurt near the end. <laughs> so I'd already knew I'd, I'd kind of went too fast, so I did try and reel myself back in, but I think I was feeling so good, and my training went so well, that I, I kind of just wanted to keep on pushing. I think folk were saying as well, 
you were sitting going for a 318 and then what happened near the end I was like yeah, I think that's when the, the excitement I, of the start all came, came back, back and, and all the, the, the voices in my head saying ah, don't go too fast don't bank time at the start and you'll never make it back at the end we're kind of coming true and, and I think that I knew what I'd done and I knew that I, it was never going to be easy in a marathon it shouldn't be easy mm-hmm. so the last 5k was a bit of a struggle I set out a plan to gel every 11 kilometers so I went 11, 22 and 33 um, I probably should have went again at 35, 36 for the last bit and I had the gel in my hand I just didn't take it so it's my own fault so I was too busy uh, looking around for the cameras and smiling than anything else and the last bit is um, during my training um, I only went to 20 miles and I went to 20 miles uh, four times and one of the things I think it was Fraser said in his blog was don't race your long runs try and make sure that it's time on feet rather than uh, the distance and stupidly try to go for two three five two three five two three seven two four oh for my long 20s which i was never near uh, the 250 cr mark so i'd never been in that kind of heart locker in mm-hmm. training so when the heart locker came round about i was like oh nice that's good <laughs> that's coming off yeah. yeah welcome so i think when they came around it started to rain it was uphill excuses are interesting but irrelevant Grit your teeth, listen to the good angel on your shoulder and get through it. So yeah, got to the end and I looked up and I saw the, the clock just ticking close to the 31. I was like, okay. So what was your time then? 3.30? Uh, 3.30.59. So, so, so you run a 3.30 marathon, not yeah. a sub-3.30, you run yeah. a 3.30 marathon. So that last 5k, you must have been sweating. Um, you, I mean, you were to hit the 3.30. Yeah. I probably miscalculated. I thought I was a lot faster than where I was so I thought I was probably 228-229 so when I did look up and see the the 330 I was like ah there it goes but at the same time I didn't have it anymore so I couldn't have have given anything else tactically probably should have went better at the start and been more um, more strict and more disciplined but I was excited I was kept (laughs) on laughing and and smiling away so yeah (laughs) quite right right. I mean you said it yourself experience the marketing experience there will come on I guess the question on everyone's lips is what is next? Project 330? Project 315? Project GFA? Uh, do you know what? It's interesting because part of the project was to educate myself and to educate um, other people around about, about the marathon process and the training and everything like that. Um, for me, my next thing is I really missed the trails when I was doing the road running. So I've got the Lara Grew coming up in June, which um, I read a book by Vasis Alexander about Run Up the Hill, which is about trail running and also ultra running and when I was reading the book I was getting more and more into the thought of going ultra so I'm going to bite off the ultra one mile more than sure. the marathon yeah. so 27 miles and then um, I've also got Glenmore 24 which is a 24 hour race so continually for the 24 hours with, with breaks as and when you need to in September and then I go again in uh, Amsterdam in October so fingers crossed uh, I can keep myself injury free the publicity of the goal was great. Probably wouldn't go so okay. so bullshit again, just because I think that there was a little bit of pressure on for achieving it, and I think that I was okay with it, but it took a little bit of the enjoyment out. Okay, fair. But it is what it is, and it it was definitely very very worthwhile doing, and, and uh-huh. I loved every minute of it. And a wee bit sad that it's finished, but again, there's other goals out there, so I just have to keep on pushing. Good. Three three sub three thirty. Probably think I could. 3.15, um, I would probably have to work into that and have probably a, a longer time to go 3.15, but I think um, 
if I was disciplined enough I could do it I just don't think time would allow me to dedicate training to it so I think okay. 3.30 sub would be would be ideal Amsterdam's a wee bit flatter than Stern as well <laughs> so hopefully give it a bash see what training goes like so you, you heard it here first listeners sub 3.30 in Amsterdam we'll we'll catch up with James later in the oh, year gosh. about that <laughs> right so before we wrap up we've been something Carl and I would like to do is a quickie questions oh yeah so we're going to rattle through a handful of questions here which we just have a think answer as quick as you can and uh, we'll take from there right are you ready yes park run or marathon ooh quick well, park run maybe yeah park run Race it or pace it? Oh, race it. Road or trails? Trails. Easy run or cross train? <sighs> cross train. Solo run or group session? Uh, quite like group sessions, but the solo run's got its point as well. So group run, yeah. Morning glory or evening shuffle? <laughs> Morning glory. Favourite race? Favourite race? Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, New York Marathon was definitely there for an event. Uh, I quite like Ithin, quite like Tough Mother, quite like the, the OCRs out there. I know it's against all the the running, the road running stuff. But yeah, I think from a, an event point of view, um, I would have to go for New York Marathon itself. Nice. Minimal or maximal? Uh, I tend to wear a bit more maximal itself. I wanted to, I really wanted to get a pair of hawkers. I know this is maybe quick. I wanted to get a pair of hawkers, but they didn't fit my feet. So I was really good because I wanted to really try oh, and no. see what all the, the, the chat was about but I know that the guys both at the running shop and run for it are, are equally good whatever your That's needs what, are whatever you've got <laughs> uh, yeah other shoe shops are available favourite shoe? Uh, my favourite shoe um, I quite like my ghost tens they're my favourite running hero? Um, other than yourself and Kyle I would nice. have to say um, Mel Mel Edwards inspired me a lot at the start of the um, running and he did a, a blog post for me. Robbie recently, I've really followed him and he set him up a route for um, doing Loch Nagar circuit route around there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of runner guys out there but the, the one guy I listened to a lot and he spoke um, at one of the conferences that was Derek, Derek Gray and just while he was talking I could listen to him all day about his, his journey and his his love for running so Derek really really Derek inspired me he probably doesn't realise he did but he did in the end we're hoping to get Derek on the show actually oh, so that would be great yeah, yeah. no that would be fantastic miles or kilometres um, Edwards or <laughs> <laughs> well done uh, I'm a kilometres guy yeah core of it core or core or of it Sebco Steve of it oh uh, Sebco music or podcast uh, podcast Metro or Rebel ooh tough one Metro for running, rebel for strength. Brian's or Greg's? No, you don't have to answer that. We don't. We don't. We don't do that. Great. <laughs> well, thank you very much, James, for giving up half an hour of your time to speak to us. Um, as we mentioned before, head to James's uh, Project Three Four Five blog, which you can find. We'll put on the show notes. Physio Run as well. Yeah. That's a great facility. Great uh, resource. I've certainly been using. My wife is uh, is always on looking at various videos and activation exercises. Do you want yeah. to talk about that? Yeah. Quickly? So. On Instagram, um, my own account is Physio Run, which uh, I kind of just like look for different videos that I think work quite well. Um, also got a YouTube channel with some exercise on it as well, which is Physio Run. Uh, yeah, there's some great information out there, but one of the things I would point people towards is um, James Dunn's Kinetic Revolution. That's a really good website. And also uh, Tom Goom, who is uh, the running physio. Uh, they've got some really, really great information. So a lot of the stuff that, that I uh, use in my clinic is based on, on their two two projects. And a lot of my running stuff is based on, 
on Tom's gathering of a lot of uh, information. So the Running Physio and also uh, Connect Revolution would be two great uh, websites out there as well for getting some information. And again, if you, you do have any um, injury irritations, uh, rather than just trying to work through it, do try and investigate and learn a bit about your own body and see is it something you can keep going with or is it something that needs to be rested or, or, or modified. And I think sometimes education is, is a vital tool in, in training and, and it can it can help you in the longer term as well. Great. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time, James. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Okay. So we're going to talk about upcoming races now. Um, so there's quite a few things on this weekend. The the main thing down in the central belts, the Edinburgh Marathon races. So I believe it's like an Edinburgh, well, it's a, a, a festival of running in Edinburgh for the weekend. There's a, a marathon, obviously, and the half marathon on the Saturday. Is there a 10K? I don't know if it's a 10K, is it? I don't think there is. I think there's a no. relay, a marathon relay some folk can do. You break That's right. It's called the Haley Haggis Relay. I did it many years ago. Um, I think it's the Edinburgh mascots are haggis. So there you go. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm not sure who's running the race. Uh, I was actually half tempted to do it as a warm up um, for my race, but I decided it's probably not a good idea to run. You can get, you can kind of get roped into a lot of these races and roped into running a time, and I didn't want that to happen, so I decided to. Have a weekend of actual training and not race training, if that makes sense. Um, but my wife, Debbie, she was going to be running um, the Edinburgh Half Marathon. She needs to get the qualifying time for the American Development Programme for Chicago. Uh, her she's her, her time, she has got a sub-three-hour marathon time. Um, but because she's a, you know, she's a professional triathlete now, uh, she has to, she doesn't have that many opportunities to do many races. Um so her time for the half marathon or or the marathons ran out now, um. So yeah, so she's she was she she got she got an entry code for Edinburgh half marathon to do it, um. She hadn't received an email, so she assumed that she was in the race, but she just double checked and she emailed the organisers last week and they said that they haven't they haven't got her entry, so. It's ridiculous. Um, there's no there's no contact number on on that. I know a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of traffic, a lot of inquiries coming into their website. Um, but yeah, no no contact number. Um, so she had to wait two or a couple of days for a response. No, you know, and then she received a re- pretty a pretty um, kind of crappy response back saying you're not entered, so you're not you're not racing. There's no there's no other way you can get into the race. Obviously, looking at Debbie's time, she was looking to get a an 80, 80 minute, eighty one sub eighty one minute half marathon time to get into Chicago. Um, so she's, you know, there's not that many opportunities to run a fast half marathon in Scotland, and that was one of them. Um, and she would have done pretty well, no doubt. You know, if, if I don't know what that kind of time would get you usually in the top five in these races. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'm looking at the results yeah. from last. I'm looking at the results from last year, and you know, I'm actually having to scroll a long way to find the first female time. It's not on page one, which tells me all I need to know. That's really disappointing. That okay, there's been a mistake there, and she's obviously keen to run, and they're not they're not prepared to to open it up when it's an honest. It looks like an honest mistake. She's got a code. I don't understand. You know why they wouldn't they wouldn't be keen to strengthen their field. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we booked accommodation as well, you know, so we've wasted money on accommodation. Um, okay, we've got friends in Edinburgh, but yeah, just really disappointing from Edinburgh Marathon, really. Um, you know, they meant, okay, I know they're, it's, they're attracting all different runners, um, charity runners, uh, you know, the, but yeah, she, that, that's a, a big race for her, and, and they're not even allowing any flexibility. To be honest, you know, they're, they're a money-making machine. Um, okay, I'm sure they bring give money back to charity, which which is great. But, you know, you need to care for everyone, and they haven't done that. Um, again, just a frustration on my part with them. Um, I, you know, I've never, ran, I've never ran the race. I'm sure there's good points to the race. But, um, yeah, a few years ago, they never revealed the results. So um, Debbie, was, Debbie was shooting for a sub-three-hour marathon time. Um, they never revealed the results until four or five weeks afterwards. Um, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why they didn't reveal the results. I think there was an error with the result, the timing system. Um, but they made up some excuse that, oh, we we can't reveal them due to data protection or something like that. And what ended up happening, like, Debbie, Debbie didn't know what her time was. She knew she ran a sub-three-hour time, but... You know that time would get her, and she might be waiting for a qualifying time for another race. Um, and it wasn't on power ten, so it wasn't official. It was just an absolute joke, to be honest. Um, and especially, you know, somebody who's putting all that work to get a sub three hour marathon that's not been officially ratified is, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. And okay, they resolved it eventually, but there was so many complaints they had to do something about it. Um, but anyway, cut a long story short, she's not not running it due to admin error. Which uh, which can be certainly rectified pretty quickly by a couple of clicks to the button and her paying an entry. It's it's not difficult in my marathon. Yeah. Of course it so can. anyway, really disappointing. Really disappointing from them. So I won't be I won't be entertaining that race uh, from now on. So yeah, there you go. Anyway, a few well, other um, exciting races coming up. There's a local one uh, in the weekend called Kaylee's We Stars, uh, or organised by Jonathan Cordner. All the money goes to charity. Um, you know, the sponsors pay for the the, the running and organising of the event, and the rest of the money goes to charity. So that's that's a great wee event. It's a 10k trail race, um, and it's local as well. So, yeah, have a look on the Scottish Running Guide, and you'll you'll see the see all the details there. I'm not sure there's entries. They might be on the day ones, but you'd have to double check. And one for some of you amateur. Or not amateur and um, maybe beginner hill runners who haven't done any hill races before but don't like running downhill. There's a race called the Glass Tulican Uphill Race. Um and yeah, that's one one I've done um in the past and yeah, it's seven point two kilometers uphill. Um it's goes up to Monroe and yeah, a real ball buster as well. So if you want to do a hill race, try that one out. It's a great wee race. Um uh, it's not much tenter, it's like five pound tenter. Um, but it was one of my first hill races and thoroughly enjoyed it. So there you go. And any other races coming up, Tom? Any so other we've, got the, we've got the Shettleston ten K as well down in down in Glasgow. That's I think that's a week on Sunday actually. No, sorry, I think it is this Sunday, beg your pardon. And it's uh, part of the Babcock series which which we talked about previously, the Fraserburgh the, the Fraserburgh, the Helensburgh, sorry. Helensburgh ten K opened up that series, so Shelston this weekend, and then um, yeah, promises to I'm sure have a probably a solid field out there. I would imagine it'll have a better field than Edinburgh Marathon. Put it that way. Yeah, definitely. It's I, I think that it's quite a quick quick course again. Um, 
Glasgow that's, that's Green, yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Okay, um, other than that, I don't. There's, there's other races, but yeah, I would I would encourage you to look in the Scottish Athletics website. There's you get the fixtures there. Uh, Scottish Running Guide's also quite good um, to see what what's coming up, um, and also they're quite quick at um, getting results up as well. So yeah, have a look at that. And you're struggling to to find some races. Um, just on that note, again, I'm going to put out a plea here. Um, Debbie's also looking to run a fast half marathon time. Um, so if anyone's got any ideas what's coming up in the next couple of months, um, which could potentially be a fast half marathon, feel free to drop us a line and um, email or email tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com or you can Facebook us at uh, our Running Shorts Facebook page. And yeah, yeah, see what happens. So that would be much appreciated if you can pass something on. And yeah, finally... I've got one other thing to, to ask you, Tom. So, obviously, we're doing all these interviews now, um, and we've started a quickie questions. So, Tom, since I haven't asked you, I'm going to ask you some quickie questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Right. You ready? I've already... Why did I say that? You've already said you're ready. Favourite running race? Quickie questions, Tom. <laughs> Favourite running you're not race? Doing, you're not doing a race Sorry. now. Um, Chicago Marathon. Stout or pale ale? Pale ale. Boston or Chicago? Well, Boston as a city, Chicago as a race. As a race. For a time. Spear physio or sports massage from Fiona? Spear physio. Ooh, that's, that's uh, controversial. Rest day or recovery run? Recovery run. Favourite movie? Remember the Titans. Wow. Early morning, <laughs> early night. That was in a... That, actually, that's probably my favourite sports movie. I'll put it out there. Okay. Early morning or late night? Late night. Carbs or protein? Carbs. Psych up song? Um, psych up song. You've absolutely put me on the spot here. Spice Girls. Um, I'm not sure. I've got there's a a movie, a cycling movie I watched called Chasing Legends, and it's got an amazing soundtrack which I or score which I listen to. I listen to a lot of scores, you know, sort of theme movie themes and, and as a psych up music. So that's really what I would go for. Okay. Favorite training session. Six by a mile, minute off. Yeah, he just copied Fraser. That was that's what he does. Well, anyway, final question. Right, UK rules. What would be expected beer mild? Right, I so I reckon. If, let me think about this logically. I think if I could train go, for I, it. If you train, if I train for, it. for it, training for it. So I reckon if I train for it, I could run a four, like say a four thirty, four forty mile flat out. So with four pints, I think I could go sub six. Sub six. I think I go. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Jesus. How, how quick can you down a pint? I don't know, maybe 10 seconds. 10 seconds, that's quite fast. Yeah. Well, four of them, eh? So I'm, 40 I'm, seconds I'm, of, of drinking. 40 seconds of drinking. Four pints. Four pints. So the mile time, pro- actually, yeah, bloody hell, that's quite, that's quite tight. Let's say 6.20, just because it's quicker than yours. All right, well, the game on, I'll get my... Uh, <laughs> I've already started training tonight, so there you go. Nice, very nice. Right. 
Okie dokie. Um, Grant, so what have you got? What have you, well, what have you got coming up this week, Kyle? Well, I was going to be cheerleading Debbie at Edinburgh Marathon, but we're not anymore, which is, again, I'm raging because I've given up my weekend for this. So I'll just have to start training. So, you know, another solid solid weekend of training. Um, I'm just going to get some, some quick and do a good, good fast session on Wednesday, similar to what I did last Wednesday, you know, a good 10-mile steady, fasted, Get my my um my kind of protein and fats in during the day, uh, and and use that as a kind of fueling strategy. Um, just try and basically just try and shift my body from burning more fat than than carbs. Um, so that's what I'm doing at the moment, and yeah, just trying to get in the sauna again. Um, and and hopefully do some a little bit of cycling as well. Just to ease off the the gas a little bit, because I've been putting in the mileage. But you know, also it's it's difficult because we've we both got full time jobs, so trying to fit it in is, it can be a bit yeah. of a nightmare. Um, so yeah, just trying you to. Guys, you've got quite a big commute as well, which always impressed me that you managed to squeeze in a full day's work and a forty minute commute each way. Well, it's not as bad. Right? We just listen to ourselves in the podcast, you know. For, <laughs> For forty-five minutes. <laughs> I thought I thought you were saying not to do that. I thought lisp no, meant you were going to ask I, me to listen to it. I, I'm not listening to myself ever. Like this is it. Like I'm not listening to this back again because it's so bad. Um, I like listen. Listen, your voice is okay, but my voice. Oh my god, she was. Um, so yeah, no, I'll just Rubbish. I'll I'll stick I'll stick to marathon talking um in Robbie Watson's show. Robbie Watson show. Big shout out. That would be an ultimate guess for us to get Rob Watson on the show. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good that's a good shout out. He's got some. Uh, I'm sure he's got connections to Scotland. Yeah, I'm sure he been does. Edinburgh, Edinburgh before. I would like Robbie. Robbie Watson would be good. I think who else would be good would be Eric. Eric. Eric doesn't do the podcast anymore though. No, but he's still. Uh, he must be alive. I'm sure. He's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a still teacher. Alive, he's, at, he's a gym Listen, teacher in New York. I thought he lived over... Yeah, okay. In South Korea, yeah, he did. But <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, him and his wife uh, moved over from South Korea for obvious reasons, okay. no doubt. Right, Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, fact for you. Anyway, right, what about you? What are you doing this weekend? Um, week of solid week of training. I've got um, Wednesday night, actually, I'm in Run For It in, in town. We're organising a... The club are organising a coast-to-coast run in the summer. We're running from Aberdeen to Fort William as a relay to raise money for charity. So we have an evening in Run For It on... Wednesday were Will Stewart, a good friend of the show, local strong ultra runner. He's going to be um, he's going to be talking through kit and and all that to the members, and I'm going to be talking through the the legs, what running they're going to be doing, what they can expect. So so that should be good fun. And apart from that, a fair bit of miles. Hopefully, get back up to the 60 miles this week. Sounds great, perfect. Oh, I did talking about ultra running. I I missed out the Catrin Ultra Trail that was on. Um, it was a 55-mile oh, yeah. race. Uh, so I, I don't know who, who, do you know who won the race? I don't know who won the race, but yeah. I know Dave Scott from Metro Aberdeen. I think he was he third. Was, yeah, he was. Um, so yeah, well done, Dave. And also Tina McLeod got a third, third female vet, vet as well. Yeah, right. so well done, Tina. Great result. I remember Tina's, um, you know, I remember when she started running. And in fact, I remember when she started just going to the, the gym and, she now she then got into running and she hasn't looked back. So yeah, well done, Tina. Onwards and upwards, keep it going. Brilliant. Very good. So I think that's us. 
Yeah, so as always, um, if you want to um, subscribe and keep up to date with any of our running news, um, go to, you can you can email us if you've got any comments or feedback. We'll be really happy to hear them. Uh, email address is tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is at Tartan Running Shorts. And yeah, yeah, feel free to get in touch um, and to subscribe, like our posts, like our Facebook page. That'll be great. Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm all good. Thank you for listening, folks. See you next week. Thank you.